0: Your last day of vacation, and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath, then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Bill Gates has tested positive for coronavirus, so for now he's just going to attend meetings on Zoom. I mean Microsoft Teams. (laughs) We all, we love Microsoft Teams, everybody.
1: From 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York City, please enjoy this podcast edition of Late Night with Seth Meyers. On today's show, Seth chats with Beto O'Rourke, who's running for governor of Texas. But first, a closer look.
0: Senate Republicans, joined by Democrat Joe Manchin, blocked a bill called the Women's Health Protection Act that would codify abortion rights at the federal level. Also, we found out yesterday that when he was president, Donald Trump asked his advisors if China had a hurricane gun That it was using against the United States Are those two things related? I guess you'll have to stay tuned to find out for more on this It's time for a closer look Every time you think you heard the dumbest thing Donald Trump said or did as president He somehow finds a way to shock you I didn't even know I still had the capacity To be shocked by Trump It's like how even after seven seasons Of shocking deaths on Game of Thrones I still gasped when Littlefinger died. (laughs) Oh, oh, I mean, or he lived. I should have said spoiler alert, but if you couldn't guess that Littlefinger was gonna die, then maybe Game of Thrones isn't for you. I mean, he had a goatee, and he talked like this. Lady Sansa. You can trust me, Lady Sansa. Now, it might seem weird to be referencing Game of Thrones now, but there is a prequel coming out, and baby Littlefinger is in it. Littlerfinger. Anyway, this has been The News Is Super Depressing, So Seth Put a Goatee on a Baby. (laughs) The point is, I was still shocked yesterday when Rolling Stone reported that Trump kept asking his advisors if China was shooting us with a hurricane gun. According to Rolling Stone, near the beginning of Trump's time in office, he had a pressing question for his national security aides and administration officials. Does China have the secret technology, a weapon even, to create large man-made hurricanes and then launch them at the United States? And if so... Would this constitute an act of war by a foreign power? And could the U.S. retaliate militarily? Trump repeatedly asked about this, according to two former senior administration officials, and a third person briefed on the matter. And this was at the beginning of his presidency, and somehow his presidency still had a middle and an end. Can you imagine if you went to Starbucks and ordered, and the barista said, "Uh uh-huh, now what exactly is coffee? And then you went back four years later, and that barista was the manager. Also, Trump is so crazy that he doesn't just ask, does China have a hurricane gun? He's got a bunch of follow-ups assuming the answer is going to be yes. (laughs) How does he even get to the follow-ups? Does China have a hurricane gun? And if so, actually, we could just jump in right now and save you some time. (laughs) They do not have a hurricane gun. Right, but if they did, they don't. Sure, but if they were to develop one, they won't. It's never... Just one question. It's a series of questions. I imagine him sitting in a leather chair with a smoking jacket (laughs) in the studies, Sherlock-style, pondering the implications of his discovery. Is it possible that China is using a hurricane gun to attack us? If that is the case, would the use of such a weapon not constitute an act of war against a sovereign country? And if, as international law stipulates, a sovereign nation has the right to defend itself when attacked by an aggressor nation. Does that not then imply (laughs) that the logical response would be to respond with a weapon of our own, perhaps? And I am merely brainstorming here a tornado cannon. (laughs) Maybe this explains why he was so obsessed with how much water there was in hurricanes. He thought China was making them extra wet on purpose. This is a tough hurricane one of the wettest we've ever seen from the standpoint of water. It's tremendously big and tremendously wet. Tremendously big and tremendously wet. I think that's playing at the art house cinema near my apartment. It's French, though, so I'm not sure. Trump's unhinged conspiracy theories matter because they are the core of the modern GOP, a party that has repeatedly said Trump is their leader, and if they get their way, we'll put Trump back in power in 2024, either by winning or finishing off the coup they started in 2021 of our two major political parties is more concerned with conspiracy theories and putting this guy back in the White House than the actual crises we're facing right now, from impending climate disaster to the pandemic to massive wealth inequality among many things. Senate Republicans are holding up urgent COVID relief money, which could lead to a shortage of tests and medicine. And there's even a baby formula shortage, due in large part to monopolistic control of the market. And yet, shockingly, several senators told The Huffington Post they were unaware of the crisis on Monday. I think all these guys are unaware of the baby formula shortage because they're, like, 90 years old. I guarantee if there was a Werther's Original shortage, <laughs> Charles Grassley would be on the floor of the Senate every day, calling on Biden to declare a national emergency. They'd immediately pass a bill 100-0 to requiring Boeing and Raytheon to switch from making planes and missiles to making hard candy, which, (laughs) incidentally, we could then use instead of missiles. There's no Kevlar in the world that could stop a barrage of Werther's Originals and ribbon candy, which would make a great scene in an action movie. Firing Werther's missiles! Suck on that. (laughs) For a long time. Double props. (laughs) It's got to be really good for NBC to pay for two props and a closer look. (laughs) They signed off on Pipe, and then we said, we need glasses, and they're like, you got to choose. And we're like, trust me, you're going to want both. (laughs) So if senators are too busy to pass COVID relief or address climate change or read up on a baby formula shortage, what are they doing? Well, they're apparently very concerned about a nationwide crime spree involving chalk
1: on sidewalks. Messages in support of abortion rights are showing up outside the home of Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine. Over the weekend, someone used chalk to write on the sidewalk outside of the senator's home in Bangor. Maine authorities say the senator called police after the message was
0: drawn. It says, Susie, please, Mainers want WHPA. Vote yes. Clean up your mess. A spokesperson for Bangor police says no crime was committed because the chalk message was not threatening. That's right. Susan Collins called the cops because someone wrote with chalk on the sidewalk outside her house. Does she freak out when there's a yard sale in her neighborhood? (laughs) And the note wasn't even threatening. It said, please, although I'm not sure how chalk on a sidewalk could ever be threatening. Oh, my God, it must be a note from the Zodiac Killer. Fair warning, detective. If you step on a crack, you will break your mother's back. Of course, Susan Collins claims she's pro-choice, but in reality, she and her fellow Republicans would much rather spend their time freaking out about polite chalk messages or the identity of the person who leaked the Supreme Court opinion than the actual substance of what's happening, that the Supreme Court is on the verge of erasing a woman's right to bodily autonomy, and that states are already pushing forward with severe new restrictions on reproductive rights, despite the fact that it seems very possible a conservative leaked the draft opinion to freeze the majority in place. Republicans, like Texas Senator Ted Cruz, have been insisting it must be a liberal in order to shift the story away from abortion rights and stay focused on the leak. Obviously, Cruz doesn't have any evidence, though. There has never been a leak like this. It can only in all likelihood, have come from a justice that I think is less likely. Uh, perhaps one of the clerks and the leading, the leading theory is a conservative clerk who was afraid that one of the conservatives might be persuaded by Chief Justice Roberts to, to join a mu- much more um, moderate opinion. Do you have the yeah. liberal clerk who leaked this? Do you have information that suggests that? Because I'm not a moron, because I live on planet Earth. You might live here, but clearly you're not from here. I refuse to believe that voice is actually human. You sound like you swallowed a kazoo, and that beard definitely looks like a disguise you'd see in Men in Black. I'm I'm simply asking why the Biden administration refuses to do anything about the rising price of sugar water. So we don't know who the leaker is, Ginny Thomas, but Republicans would much rather focus on the leak than the substance of the bill they blocked today because preserving Roe v. Wade is massively popular. In fact, they're so desperate to distract from the fallout of what the Supreme Court is about to do that Cruz went on Fox News this week to claim ludicrously that protests against the Supreme Court's action were somehow worse than the violent coup attempt Trump and Cruz fomented on January 6th. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting, and yet the corporate media and Democrats slander them with the the made-up term insurrectionist. And yet, in this instance, they are not willing to call off their goons. Yeah, why is the corporate Democrat media slandering all those patriots who peacefully smashed windows and stormed the Capitol, but refusing to crack down on the thugs and goons who are violently writing coded messages in chalk? Has the world turned right-side up? (laughs) By the way, Ted Cruz knows what he's doing here. He originally called the insurrection a violent terrorist attack, but then the extreme pro-insurrection wing of his party, led by guys like Tucker Carlson, got mad at him, so he had to reverse himself and go on Fox News to grovel for forgiveness. And now, to please Trump and the MAGA base, he's doubling down on calling January 6th a peaceful protest. Next, he's going to claim he was just flying to Cancun to escape the hurricane gun. They had it aimed right at Texas, but thankfully, we were able to neutralize it with President Trump's hurricane wall made out of Werther's. You can't get through it. You can't get through a Werther's wall. We're facing a series of major crises, from the rising cost of living to extreme wealth inequality to impending climate disaster to a deadly respiratory disease that's still spreading to a Supreme Court that's poised to erase reproductive rights. And the bodily autonomy of tens of millions of women And yet Republicans would rather whine and throw tantrums About leaks and sidewalk chalk These people talk about leaks so much You'd think their pants were Tremendously wet <laughs> <laughs> It's been a closer look, baby For those who embrace the impossible the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. Featuring a reimagined exterior with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and an interior built with robust materials and integrity, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. Its durability has been tested to the extreme while the cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Our guest is a former United States Congressman and currently the Democratic nominee for governor of Texas. Please welcome back to the show, Beto O'Rourke, everyone. It's always lovely to have you back in New York City We talked last time about how you spent some time in Brooklyn you, uh, you had Busta Rhymes, an old trampoline from Busta Rhymes On the roof of your apartment, which is a pretty cool thing
1: Very cool thing Yeah, um, Big memory
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You also drove, uh, one of your jobs when you were living in Brooklyn Is you drove around famous artwork
1: I worked for a company called Headley's Humpers Okay And um, <laughs> we, we would receive and crate pieces of art that were bought by our customers and then deliver them to their homes. And so, yeah, I would be uh, driving down the streets of New York in a box truck with amazing pieces of art. Um, one time, I was able to handle a Picasso, wow. if you can believe this. Um, you know, when, when I'm 23 years old, and I've got a, a Picasso in my hands. I was going to say, client.
0: it's a terrible... Headley Humpers is a terrible name, except I don't think anyone would ever think a Picasso would be in a truck. Uh, right Like it would be You'd be like What is there? Probably just full of Old pillows or something Right yeah. Right,
1: right. <laughs> But um, amazing people Who worked there Most of them were artists I, I was not um, One guy Went on to have A great career Named Dave Ford Who does these Amazing interactive sculptures Including one That he developed By putting canvas down On the floor of the truck And then hanging Drawing implements From the ceiling And it would record This kind of Kinetic map of our journeys along the way, and you know now you can't get your hands on them because they're they're so valuable. But amazing experience. Love living in New York, but um, soon enough I knew I needed to be back in Texas. Yes, that's where I'm from. My family's there, and um, I just I missed I missed the state and missed missed home. So uh,
0: back in Texas, you were running against Governor uh, Greg Abbott, and obviously, you know, Texas he uh, you know banned abortion after six weeks, and that I think. Um, It's scary enough, but he also implemented this bounty law. Can you explain exactly how harrowing this element of his law is?
1: Yeah, so there's a law in force right now that is a six-week abortion ban with a $10,000 bounty placed on the back of anyone who assists any woman in making her own decision about her own life, her own body, her own health care. But it's actually worse because he also signed what is known as a trigger bill, which means that if the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade, which is likely to happen, it triggers a total abortion ban beginning at conception with no exception for rape and no exception for incest. And that's happening in a state that leads much of the developed world in a crisis of maternal mortality. It means that our our moms and women are dying faster than almost anywhere else because as you close down all these reproductive health care clinics, not only is it harder to get an abortion, it's harder to get a cervical cancer screening or to see a family planning provider or to get a doctor at all in the least insured state in the country. So this is deeply, deeply harmful and, and frankly, deadly to the women of Texas. That's why we've got to win this race, win political power, and get this state back on the right track so every woman can make her own decision about her own body, her own future, and her own health
0: care. I think it's so important. You don't want to get in a situation where you're always saying the sky is falling. And yet, when Donald Trump appointed these new Supreme Court justices, a lot of people said they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade. So the sky was falling. So I know I'm putting you in a tough position, but what do you think? It's bad enough, the abortion ban, but what do you think Governor Abbott might do next, empowered with this ability to
1: take these, these steps that he's already taking. I saw a headline today, you know, some of his colleagues in the state legislature are talking about a law that would stop Texas women from traveling to other states to seek their constitutional right to an abortion. And this is stuff that maybe is happening because of a failure of imagination on our part. Like, there's no way this is gonna happen and it is now happening. There's no way it could get worse, but it will unless we change course. The, the encouraging thing that I can share with you from Texas Is that the people of Texas want better? A majority of us do. We had a rally on Saturday in Houston for reproductive health care rights. 5,000 people came out on three days' notice. It was the largest reproductive health care rally in the country, and it happened in the place you'd maybe least expect it to happen in, which is Texas. But I think that reflects the majority of us there who not only want to make sure that our rights are protected, but they want us to get focused on the big things that we can all actually agree on, like the kind of jobs we want to create focusing on our public schools, getting the backs of our public school educators, expanding Medicaid, which we haven't done in Texas, though most of the rest of the country has, so that people are healthy enough and well enough to live to their full potential. Those are the things that we wanna do. The abortion ban, this crazed focus on transgender kids and, and arresting their parents for child abuse, permitless carry, the failure of the power grid, that's reflective of current leadership, not of the state of Texas. My job as a candidate is to go out and meet the people of Texas to bring them into this election. We do that, and I'm confident that we're going to win in November.
0: All right, I have some more questions for you. We'll be right back with more from Ben (laughs) O'Rourke. Welcome back to Late Night. We're here with Ben O'Rourke. You mentioned, um, and I I don't want to just pass over it without talking about exactly how awful it is, but Governor Abbott made it, basically, the the state of Texas investigating parents who provide gender-affirming Care to their children Basically investigating them For child abuse You went on Mother's Day And uh, you, uh, you uh, made dinner uh, For one of these families um, uh, Played a little music uh, As I know uh, you like to do yeah. And can you just tell us um, You know, and, I, and I'm sorry That uh, so much of this Is so depressing But can you tell us What is it like for a family Like that to be, to be Basically almost criminalized For being a loving parent
1: First thing I'll tell you is I've met families Like the Briggles all over the state of Texas. And these parents are the most loving parents you'll find anywhere. They're they're doing their best to help their kid navigate this incredibly difficult time in their lives. And they're searching for answers, just loving the hell out of them, just trying to make sure that they're okay. And our governor, Greg Abbott, is proposing charging them with child abuse. And if that charge is sustained, not only taking their trans kid from them, but every other child in the household. Placing them in a foster care system in Texas that is the worst run in the country where a hundred kids in that system died last year in the custody and the care of the state of Texas. Instead of fixing that system and the vulnerable kids that are in it, he's going to take these kids from their loving parents and put them there. So I wanted to show up on Mother's Day, cook a great meal, bring some flowers, have a beer, and just make sure that we shined a light on this loving family. So there are fellow Texans. Understand what's at stake. I mean, they, they might lose what I take for granted with Amy and our three kids, and I want to make sure that we fight for them and fight for everybody who's under attack in Texas right now. So showing up for them and standing up for them was important. That's
0: to really me. great that you did that. Um,
1: yeah. How was. Happy to.
0: Let's be honest. How, uh. How was the, the dinner you made? What do you think?
1: It, it was great. Um, <laughs> the, the, the one thing I can make really well is a diner-style hamburger. Okay. Where, where you press the beef down yeah. into the pan. Uh, uh-huh. some, some Velveeta cheese slices. Okay, gotcha. It. Um, my wife Amy added this twist where we use an English muffin instead of a regular bun. Okay. A mayonnaise and, and a raw onion on it. Okay. And just all of that together is just Do amazing. you
0: use their pla- pan? Did you use their pan or did you bring your own?
1: We were, we were cooking for so many people that we used their cast iron and okay. I bought a cast iron right. and donated it to the house as okay, well. Okay, that's fair. That's cool. We don't want to show up empty-handed.
0: No, that's true. So, yeah, <laughs> If you showed up at our house, my wife would not let you near our pants. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know, somebody who was talking about And then ultimately decided against running for uh, uh, governor of Texas Was Matthew McConaughey, who, uh, you know, is a friend of this show And uh, would there be room for Matthew to do something in, a, in an O'Rourke administration if you won?
1: Absolutely Yeah This guy's a great Texan You know, Beyond being an extraordinary actor When the chips are down in our state, this guy shows up So We had a horrific shooting in el paso in 2019 23 people were killed after greg abbott donald trump and others warned of this invasion of mexicans and immigrants who were coming to get us Uh, mcconaughey showed up to el paso raised money donated it to the community was there you know physically present to make sure that we all knew that he was with us when we had this winter storm last year and abbott couldn't keep the lights on the power went off hundreds died tens of billions of dollars of damage McConaughey gets all of his famous friends together and they raise millions of dollars for the state. So this guy's there for Texas and he's got such an amazing heart. So whatever he wants to do and whoever he can help, we want to turn him loose and let him do that. But he's an example of the spirit of the state. I don't know if the guy's a Republican or a Democrat and it doesn't matter because before we're either of those things, we're Texans, we're Americans, we're human beings and we should start treating one another that way. And so we're going to do that in Texas.
0: You have um, often... (laughs) Attention's been paid to the fact that you really I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's a giant state And you get out and you drive around And you go to places that maybe People who run for governor don't ever stop by Is that the plan this time again? I know you were a little, you know, during COVID uh, The way you organized, the way you, you know Ran elections in the past wasn't available in the same way Is it nice to be back out there seeing Texans face-to-face?
1: I love it. I love being on the road I love showing up in communities where they maybe don't expect you So You're going to expect us in Austin and Houston, Dallas, El Paso, my hometown, San Antonio, the Rio Grande Valley. But you show up in Childress, Shamrock, Texas, Pampa, where Woody Guthrie spent some time, Dalhart, Amarillo, San Angelo. These places are so red, you can see them glowing from outer space (laughs) as you are orbiting the planet. But they're also unrepresented because where Democrats fear to tread... Republicans don't have to show up and contest the vote. And so folks don't have anyone to hold accountable, anyone to share their hopes with or their concerns. When we show up and hold a town hall, I learn so much. um, But I also build support and trust in that community. And we bring in some more votes. And at the end of the day, I mean, we lost to Ted Cruz by two and a half points, right? There are millions more Texans who've since been added to the rolls. And millions who've been effectively through voter suppression kept from voting we're targeting those who've been the targets of intimidation and suppression so that they provide the margin of victory when we win this thing on November 8th. So I love traveling the state. It's the right way to do it, and I think it's the only way to win.
0: Well, uh, you know, stay healthy out there. I know it probably takes a lot out of you, and thanks so much for making time for us today, really. Thank
1: you. I really, really appreciate it. Grateful you. You guys, have. that's Beto Roy. Late Night with Seth Myers airs weeknights on NBC at 1235, 1135 Central. Original music on the Late Night Podcast is by the HE Band. Don't forget to follow the handle Late Night Seth on social media and tell your friends to subscribe to the Late Night Podcast wherever they get their podcasts.
0: Welcome to Pura.